What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Bird, the podcast coach here. And in this episode, we are going to talk about selling on Amazon. How do we master PPC, that pay per click, so that our Amazon ads are very affordable? And then how do we scale up sales for our products as well? So if you guys want to sell different products on Amazon, build that into a big stream of income. You're going to enjoy this episode. We are joined today by a guest who is a recovering optometrist turned e-commerce entrepreneur. He is the founder of I Love, whose mission is to heal 1 million dry eye sufferers naturally. And he helps people with Amazon PPC and selling products on Amazon. You may wonder how that transition happened. Well, our guest became successful with selling products on Amazon. A lot of people asked him how he did it, and now he helps people do just that. So our guest who joins us is none other than Travis Ziegler. Travis, welcome to the show. Mark, with that kind of energy, how can you not be excited to join a show like yours? <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis, it certainly is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And Amazon, there is a lot of confusion as to how do we get started on this? What types of products do we sell if we're not a manufacturer? We don't create the product ourselves. So can you just walk through for someone? Like, How does someone start an Amazon business and get the product? So yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and getting started all goes back to a person. You got to figure out when you ever start a business, there's a lot of courses out there on Amazon that really teach you how to pick the perfect product and then sell that perfect product to everybody on Amazon. But I'm here to tell you that I don't like that route just because you're not serving a person. You're just trying to manipulate the system, hmm. so to speak. And so what I like to do is I like to ask whoever's asking me this question, well, who do you want to serve? What kind of person do you want to serve? and then build an audience around that. And then they'll tell you what products you want to, you want to come out with. And then getting started selling on Amazon is pretty easy, but finding a manufacturer, pretty much anything you want created, even if it's an invention, you don't have to manufacture it yourself. There's plenty of contract manufacturers. Some of your biggest companies in the world out there, Procter and Gamble's dials, all those companies are mostly contract manufacturers. So they don't manufacture the products themselves. Not all of them. They actually go to somebody else to get those manufactured. So it's all about just, finding a person, serving it, finding out what they want, maybe improve what's out on the market, look at the negative reviews that are out on the market for a particular product, make those improvements, contact a manufacturer. You can do a simple Google search. Um, you can find them in the US, you can find them in China, you can find them in Europe, find them wherever you want. And then just improving it a little bit. It doesn't cost a lot to, to just do your first trial run of 100 products. And you know, building that audience is free. You just got to provide value for people that have a pain point that they want to solve. So that's how you get started is figure out the person you want to serve and then ask them what they want you to sell. And so that's, that's how we get started. And I like this focus on who you want to serve and getting clear on that type of person, because I do see a lot of people, they just want to create a product that sells, not think about the end user. But when you think about who you can serve, you can actually create a brand around it instead of just creating a bunch of branded products and hoping you get lucky. Now, there is the finding the manufacturer part. I've heard of some people, they use Alibaba to uh, create a whole bunch of quantity of products. I know you mentioned a little bit about using Google and research. Can we go a little deeper into what finding a manufacturer would look like and what a partnership would look like as well? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, you know, 
all my manufacturers have come from relationships. And so going to trade shows, I know that's a little tough in 2020, but mm-hmm. going to trade shows, going to different seller conferences, going to even manufacturing conferences and finding that perfect manufacturer is all about establishing a relationship with them. My manufacturer for one of our best products was um, a, a, actually she was a patient of mine when I was still practicing optometry. And she came to me with this product in hand and said, what do you think of this product? And I said, that's a great product. Let me look into it a little bit more. And I called them up and I said, Hey, are you interested in private labeling your product? I think it's a great product. And literally we talked from the time the patient put that product in my hand, we talked within 12 hours to the manufacturer, the CEO of the company. We developed a relationship that we've had for three and a half years. We now have exclusive rights to be the only eye care provider for that manufacturer. So they can't manufacture to anybody else as a result, and that person can't go after eyes. They can go after skincare or whatever else, but it's all about that relationship. So that was found by happenstance. You know, a customer brought me in a product, I loved it. So then I just reached out to the manufacturer. Um, another one was a friend of mine, told me about a manufacturer. They used, I was coming out with a similar product to what they were selling, going after completely different markets. And they're like, why don't you try my manufacturer? So that's how we found that manufacturer. Um, another one was in Vegas. I was at a show that teaches you how to sell better online. Uh, it was a Amazon conference and I met a guy there and he is what's called a sourcing agent. And a sourcing agent is somebody that is, they, they have their feet in China. They're on the ground in China and they actually go out to the factories and vet them for you. And then you pay them a small fee for that, but it's usually a per unit fee and they'll actually find 10 factories to source a product for you. And then you get to pick out which one is the best. And so those are kind of the three ways. I, I feel like relationship building is the best, but you can simply go to Google and type in, hmm. I'll give you an example of one of our products, Omega-3s. We sell Omega-3s. You could put Omega-3 manufacturer and find 10 manufacturers here in the United States. And then if you're looking in China, that's where Alibaba comes in. Alibaba's got a great process now and they have a lot of certi- certifications and a big vetting process to get the qualification stickers that are on Alibaba. Now, when I first started five years ago, Alibaba was not new. It was pretty new, but the factories weren't as vetted then. And so you had to kind of take a, take a chance and you're wiring, you know, thousand, two thousand $2,000 to these people in China. Hopefully you're getting your product back and it's worked out every time for me almost. So I'm happy to say that, but it doesn't always do that. So you got to really vet your manufacturers too, and just really get to know them. But, you mentioned Alibaba from China. And then, like I said, relationships is, is probably one of the biggest ways that I've found my manufacturers. I think for any business relationships is going to be that primary way to grow. I mean, you could definitely do some cold outreach and get lucky and it is a great strategy to do the cold outreach. It's how I've gotten a bunch of my guests, how I get virtual summit speakers, but going to the events, going to the trade shows, going to all these different places that puts you in front of more of the decision makers in an in-person setting, which again, a little more difficult to do at the time of doing this interview. But when you do put yourself out there and build those relationships, it definitely does allow you to accelerate forward. Now, I know that since the first business, you've expanded and you help people with Amazon now. And the strength of listing something on Amazon is that you can use Amazon's platform to sell your product and you literally have the mindset of someone on amazon.com is buy while on a social network buy that's not 
in their mindset right away. So for Amazon, I would like to go into the PPC, the pay-per-click, getting Amazon to show your product, spending a little money to do that, and then hoping you get an ROI. So what does your process look like for running Amazon ads that generate a solid return for your products? Yeah, so this is a great question because I love how you, you stated that Amazon, and this is so important, you kind of just breeze through it, but I'm going to emphasize it a little bit more. Amazon is, it's search and shopping, it's search query and they're, they're looking to buy. And that, that is, you should not overlook that. People on Amazon are looking to buy. People on Facebook, that's interruptive marketing. So you're trying to interrupt what they're doing. They're, they're trying to look at cat videos and photos of their friends and you're trying to interrupt them to come over to buy something from you. Very hard to do, but when they're on Amazon, they're looking to buy that product. And they do go hand in hand though, because if you do Facebook advertising, when I see a product on Facebook, the first thing I do is go to Amazon to see if I can buy it there, because it's just easier. And 50% of purchases on the internet are on Amazon. And that's, that's an amazing stat, because e-commerce overall isn't that big when you compare it to retail still. And it's only gonna get bigger as a result of 2020 and what happened in 2020. So e-commerce is growing at a huge rate, and so, the time to get in is yesterday, but the best time to get in, the second best time is now. So get into e-commerce if you've been waiting because it's not too late. And to go back to your question about Amazon PPC, the very first thing I always recommend people doing, especially if you've built a brand, is when you create an Amazon pay-per-click advertisement is to create a brand campaign. I call it a brand defensive campaign. So people are gonna be searching for your brand name. They're gonna be searching for your product name. So make sure you're advertising for that because we get most of our sales now. We've been around for three years. Our, our brand has been around for three years. I love in general, our company has been around for five years, but the dry eye side, it's called hydrate. That has been around for three years. And we get so many branded inquiries about the term with the term hydrate in it. Hydrate lid and lash cleanser. That's our main product. And so people are always searching for your brand name. So the easiest way to accelerate your Amazon PPC is to just go after brand defensive campaigns. And so that's a pretty easy step. It starts to get a little more complex as we go. And when you're on Amazon and you start to make sales, what happens is you start to rise to the top. So the more mm -hmm. sales you make, the higher you're gonna be in the search ranking. It's, it's pretty much like any algorithm. The more traffic you get on Google and the more people stay on your website on Google, the higher you're gonna get on Google search. And so SEO is essentially the same, it's just sales on Amazon. And so you want to figure out what people that are buying your product are searching for. And so to give you an example, Hydrate Lin Lash Cleanser, our main product, it has, it's used for people that have eyelid problems and dry eyes. And so we go after words like dry eye, dry eyes, blepharitis is an eyelid condition, blepharitis treatment, meibomian gland dysfunction, meibomian gland dysfunction treatment. So those are words that I know my target market are looking to type in to find a solution to their, their problem. And so really make that, try to get into the mindset of your, your customer, figure out what problem they're trying to solve, and then get in front of them by bidding on those keywords. And so what we do, it's called keyword research. And what we do is we find maybe 10 to 20 keywords that will do well on Amazon, and we go after all of them. And so you can go after thousands if you want, but I recommend really honing it down to 10 to 20. 
putting a lot of budget behind that because that's going to discover more keywords for you. Mm -hmm. And so to get a little bit more nitty gritty, I don't want to lose your audience, but to get a little bit more nitty gritty in Amazon pay-per-click, you have just like Google broad and exact. You also have phrase, but I ignore phrase. Mm -hmm. Sorry. My, all my Google devices are going off right now because I mentioned <laughs> it, but you have broad and you have phrase and you have exact. We go after broad when we're looking to discover more keywords or discover more search terms that people are putting in. Once we start to get search terms coming in that are making sales, we then convert those into an exact match campaign. And that is how we scale them. Because once you figure out a search term that's making you a ton of sales, you always want to be at the top of that pay-per-click because pay-per-click is just an auction. The person that's going to bid not only the most, but the most intelligently because algorithms and ad platforms are getting more intelligent. And so it's not all about just putting a bunch of money behind a, a keyword. So you could bid $25, but Amazon doesn't like that if you aren't relevant for that keyword. And so like if I went after kitty litter and I'm selling a eyelid cleanser, I could bid 50 bucks for kitty litter, but I may never show up for that. But then somebody else is bidding $1 for it and they're showing up. And that's because relevance is also key. Amazon doesn't want you to be showing up where you don't belong. And so once you find out the problem that you're going to solve, and you find those search terms that are actually making sales, you then want to be at the top of that search term at all times. And so that's what I was going to with that bidding thing is you don't have to be bidding $10. If you want to be at the top of that search term, you just have to be smarter than your competitor and know that you're more relevant. And so bidding for it, putting it in your title, putting it in your bullets, putting it in your photos, making the, the consumer feel like you're reading their mind because if they typed in something like, and you have to be careful with FDA claims and everything, but let's say I'm searching for blepharitis treatment and my listing said blepharitis treatment in the title. And then my ad said blepharitis treatment as well. It's like I'm reading their mind and they'll click on us and buy us. Now I can't say blepharitis treatment because that's an FDA claim, but that's another, that's just a side thing. But I was just giving that as an example. Does that all make sense? Yeah. And I like how you're selecting keywords based on what your audience is thinking, what they are going to search in. A lot of people, they don't really think about their audience. They just think what keywords going to work the best. Now there is a benefit to having a whole bunch of keywords. I've done ads for my books and uh, there is this resource called publisher rocket, which we will be throwing in the show notes, which you plug in one keyword and then hundreds of keywords pop up and it can help you assemble an ad with more keywords and as you run more of these ads, you figure out which ones sell, which ones don't. Do you have a similar type of tool you use where you put in one keyword and a hundred of them come out and then you figure out the best ones or no? Yeah. So there's a lot of tools out there for Amazon, like, like Google. I mean, there, there's thousands. Um, my favorite one is Helium 10. Helium 10 has a tool called Magnet and Magnet is you plug in a keyword and then it spits out a bunch of keywords that are relevant to that keyword. And then you have to kind of sift through them and find out which is best because you can look at the search volume. You can look at how many people are bidding on that keyword. Um, but another tool that is my favorite inside Helium 10 is called Cerebro. And Cerebro, you can actually take your competitor, take the top competitor in your category, take their listing and put it into Cerebro, and it will tell you what keywords they're ranking for. And so that is a huge huge way to analyze your competitor and then go after the same keywords they're going after. Because 
if you're, you're trying to beat them, use the same keywords that they're going after, because then once you get ahead of them, then you'll organically get ahead of them too. So Cerebro is probably my favorite. It's called a reverse ASIN. You grab your competitor, you put it in or magnet by helium 10. And that one you can actually put keywords in. It will spit out a bunch of them. And those definitely sound like some really great resources. They sound a lot like publisher rocket. That's just the uh, self publishing version of what Travis uses for his Amazon stores and for his different clients. And he recommends it not just here, but through his blog, through his masterclass, which we will also be throwing down in the show notes. One question that I do have is it seems like a lot of people are embracing the Amazon uh, having products there and turning that into a stream of income. And some people may say it's a little too late for me to get in on the game because a lot of people have already embraced it. So I'm wondering what you had to say about that or if you know someone who maybe they got in like 2019 or 2020 saw some success, but I do feel like that is a question a lot of people may have. Yeah, it's a great question. And Amazon is making it harder than ever to manipulate their algorithm, which is sellers like myself. I love this because it makes it harder for those flash fan sellers to come in and it, it gets rid of the people that are like, Oh, this doesn't work. It, they tried it. It doesn't work. The reason now is the time is because Amazon continues to grow 30 to 25 to 30 to 35% year over year. And that may not sound like a lot to most businesses, but Amazon is a $300 billion company. They are growing at $100 billion a year. And it's just, I have some stats right here. 2016, they did 136 billion. 2017, 178. 2018, 233 billion. So that just shows you their massive growth that they're experiencing. And now with COVID and everybody shopping from home, they're experiencing even greater growth this year in 2020. And so is it too late? Absolutely not. If you do it right, if you build that audience first, serve a person, it is never too late to come out with your own product line. It's just like when I graduated school from optometry school, everybody talked about how you can't start private practice optometry because it's, it's too late. There's too many optometrists everywhere. And my wife and I started two practices and we were successful. And we ended up selling them three years later to focus on this. And it's, it's all about you. I mean, if you perceive that it's too late, then it's already too late for you. Mm. You got to get your mindset right. You got to say that I will, I will sell on Amazon. I, I'm going to be an Amazon seller. I'm going to build my own brand. And you need to have a bigger mission in life than just money because you will get knocked around. Trust me. It, it hurts when you get knocked down and you will get lawsuits. You will get people coming after you and attacking you. And if you don't have a bigger why than just money, you'll quit. It's as simple as that. But is it too late to get on Amazon? To go back to your question again, absolutely not. It's, it's the perfect time to get on Amazon. And especially if you're already an established brand selling off Amazon, now is the time to get on Amazon. Yeah, there's a lot of e-commerce growth and you definitely see it during the lockdown because e-commerce is that practically it's the only option for a lot of people now. And uh, even after the lockdown and everything is back to normal, e-commerce will still have that massive boost because you are changing people's behaviors, people's habits through everything that is going on. So it is certainly a great time to jump at the e-commerce 
wagon. And with uh, the Amazon pay-per-click ads, when you hit a home run, you just let that thing keep running in the background, keep collecting passive income. It's great, but you do have ads. And I'm saying this also from running all the ads for my books. You have some ads that you know they're not making money. And you do get like every bad ad you do, you get closer to a big successful one. So when determining good ads versus bad ads, how do you decide I got to turn this thing off? Is it two weeks? Is it a month? Do you just try to fix it first? Like what does your process look like for turning off ads and saying this one's not a fit? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, it's, it's pretty simple, actually. It's math. You just have to really think of the math in all of this. And when you start to, so I will admit, like when I first started with Amazon PPC, I was very emotional. Like I was always saying to myself, like that search term, we need to rank for that search term. So I'm never going to stop bidding on that search term, but we'd spend a ton of money on it. And so it just wasn't worth it. And so it's very simple, actually. If a, a, a term has more than 10 clicks without a sale, then we shut it down. If a term has more than 10 clicks in our, it's called our ACOS, average cost to sale. If it's over our profit margin, then we'll turn it off too. Those are the simple two rules I, two rules I use to pause. Now, an ACOS is just the inverse of a ROAS. So depending on what world you're coming from, in Google, it's return on ad spend. Um, on Facebook, it's return on ad spend. But on Amazon, they're going to that. But right now it's still ACOS, which is the average cost of sale. And probably by the time this gets released, they're probably going to be completely switched to ROAS. And so if we're not getting usually around a two ROAS or a 50% ACOS, then we'll usually shut that down. The only exception to that rule is if it's a consumable. If it's a consumable, we'll go after about a 1.5 ROAS. And so that means every dollar we put in, we get a dollar 50 back um, in revenue. And so that is usually our criteria for Amazon PPC. Um, it does change depending on the product and the profit margin, but that's kind of the basic rules of thumb that we use for that. And if it's right at our target, then we probably won't pause it if it's making a lot of sales. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of words that you'll go after that will make one sale every month. Shut them off. They're not doing much for you. It's the words, it's the 80, 20 rule. So 80% yeah. of your revenue is coming from 20% of your products, 80% of your revenue is coming from 20% of your customers. And then in the PPC world, 80% of your revenue is coming from 20% of your search terms or keywords. And so if you focus all your budget on the 20% of those search terms, your, your products will take off. And that's all we do for our clients is we find those search terms and we just scale them. And that's, that's what works so well. We do everything in my business first in I love, and then we can take it over to our clients' accounts after that. And with the 80-20, I love how you bring that up because I can relate to the ads I've run for my books. There are a few ads that get the majority of the sales, the revenue that comes from the ad spending. I could see it's the same thing with you and the products you are doing for yourself and for your clients. There is certainly a lot that goes into having different products up on Amazon, making sure they sell and do well. It's something we talk a little bit about here on Breakthrough Success, not too often, which is why I'm so happy Travis came on the show. If you guys want to learn more about Amazon PPC, 
go over to Travis's free Amazon masterclass. You can check that out at salesfunnelhq.com. The link will be in the show notes. Travis, do you got have any final words or uh, places we can go in addition to your masterclass to keep following all the great work you're doing? Yeah, that, that's great. Thanks for letting me do that. Um, and thanks for having me on the show too. Um, Amazon PPC Pros. I'm on YouTube, so you can follow us on there, Amazon PPC Pros. Um, Facebook, we have a group. It's free. Amazon PPC Pros on Facebook as well. And then um, Amazon PPC Professionals.com. You can head there. That's also got my masterclass that's free there. I also have a paid masterclass too. Um, the paid version is just to pay what you can afford. So I do it for fun. I don't do it for income. Um, I only charge for it because if, if I don't charge you for it, you will not show up. And if I give it to you for free, then you, you'll, you just won't be there. And so I want you to show up. I want you to be present. And so that's why I charge for that one because I actually am coaching that live. And so that one's a lot of fun. And then if you're interested in hiring our agency, um, we don't work with everybody. We only work with a, you know, a select group of clients that have built a brand and they're ready to scale on Amazon. And so we're not in it for the Amazon sellers, quote unquote, like the people that are just in it to make a dollar. We love to work with brands. And so that website again is amazonppcprofessionals.com. We will have all those links in the show notes. Travis, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. And thank you for choosing Breakthrough Success. We hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, once again, Travis, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Mark.